You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. God help us all. <laughs> nobody can help you this week, boys. <laughs> and folks, we'll start with nobody can help you this week as Mark goes mobile this week again. Actually, he's just I know, sitting on fu- his funny, Really funny thing, guys, because I finished uh, some uni assessments last night and I'm on to the, the final three months of uni and then I actually graduate. It's been three long years. So it's excellent. But then I started doing things around the house and I've got Nicholas home sick and, and then my iPhone just alerts me, oh, Skype call, Kevin call. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I think I'll take his call and I'll have a chin wag to him. And then I, oh, it's Monday. Oh, okay. Uh, show, gee. Um, um, so I decided to go mobile podcasting rig yet again uh, just so that I, you know, can get the show done and then have to take 20 minutes to set up the microphone and everything like that, mm. which I've got to be quite honest, that is a task when you don't have a dedicated setup and a dedicated mm. office to just go to every week. And the other thing, I think I mentioned that last week, I, I don't like sitting still very much anymore. I don't know, maybe it's just uh, I'm, I'm getting old and that, but I like the ability to, to hop up and move around and even go outside if I want, whereas when I set it up with the laptop and the microphone, you're pretty much stuck in that one spot. We were talking post-show last week though, about a, a cool little microphone um, that I may bring up on a future episode. Um, I haven't purchased it yet. Um, but I'm still looking at it. So uh, we'll just we'll tease that one out. Kevin actually suggested it to me. So it looks pretty good, actually. It connects into the, the iPhone, the iPad, and, and gives you a, a better, a uh, lot more flexibility and a slightly better sound quality than you would get from, uh, for instance, the Apple earbuds, which I'm using now. So uh, I'm, I may just continue doing this, but, the, of course, the problem with this is I still can't record on the iPad or the iPhone. And poor Kevin, he had a massive drama last week. Oh. We almost didn't get the show out to you guys because Mike did the same thing as me. He, he, Mike shows up. Yeah, I show up. <laughs> do you think we do a backup? Nope. No, well, folks. This, <laughs> this is what I had to deal with. Nobody backed me up, so I'm sitting well, there. So, well, in my in my defense, I'd switched from the Mac Mini uh, from the um, Surface to the Mac Mini, and on the stuff, the way I had it set up on the Surface, it would automatically start recording recording once the call started. Well, I switched back to the Mac, and I've got Call Recorder here, and you got to actually click the damn button to make it work. None of this automation stuff. So, yeah, so I get, I'm sitting there, um, was it Monday, I guess, and I get this panic text from Kevin. Did you do a backup? And I'm thinking, let me check. Oh, crap, no. <laughs> so then we have this uh, text going back and forth. And, yeah, why don't you pick up the story from here and there, Kevin, because I'm still kind of going, what? Yeah, this was <laughs> this was a, a nightmare in the waiting. So we finished recording last Sunday night, a week ago today. And as I do, I because it's late and I have to go to work the next morning, I get up at, you know, about 4.45 the next morning, and I went on to bed. Well, somewhere during the night... We had a power outage. Yeah. Again, no big hairy <laughs> deal here, folks. Power outage. Computer shut itself down just fine. All's well. Cool beans. I go to bed. Um, didn't get much sleep. Whole other side of story things there. Uh, got up, went to work. I came home. Got done. Came downstairs. Says, oh, I'm getting an early start. Great. I can go to bed and make up for the sleep I lost last night. Oh, computer won't wake up. That's right. The power was out. Push the power button, Kevin. Power. Computer boots up. Wait. That doesn't look like my wallpaper. 
that looks like the default wallpaper that I had. And I went, oh, fudge sticks. What's going on here? Actually, I said, sure. actually, I said a much, much worse word. Um, yeah. But um, So I'm sitting there going, okay, what's wrong? So I said, okay, quick, look in the folders. What's the latest file I see on anywhere on my computer? Oh, April 13th. Wait, what? And Friday just, the 13th? <laughs> yeah. This, <laughs> this was May 23rd, folks. And I'm going, oh, shit. <laughs> so, so I'm panicking. I'm searching my hard drive. I check my backup drive. Nothing. I, I'm going, oh, shit, because the, the power blink had occurred before the backup job, the disk clone, had taken had kicked in. So I went, oh, shit. So I'm sitting there, I'm panicking, I'm texting Mark, I'm texting Mike, did you guys do a backup? I got it, oh, God. Oh. I'm, you know, I'm just, like, beside myself. And I'm sitting there, I'm going back and forth, and I'm rebooting the computer, I'm booting from other drives, you know, what the hell's going on? I'm sitting there, I'm booting, I'm booting. Finally, I said, well, that's it, I've lost the show. So I let the computer reboot again, just as it's done when I powered it up. And I'm going, God, my wallpaper's gone. I'd also lost in the process a bunch of pictures I had just dumped over to my computer. Fortunately, they were up in Dropbox, so that wouldn't have been a complete loss. And I booted up the computer normally, not holding down the option key or anything. And for those that don't know, and I think most of our listeners probably do, on a Mac, when you hear the chime, if you hold down the option key, you can choose from any bootable device attached to your computer. So I wasn't doing that. I just let it boot up. So it boots up. Ba-da. And I'm sitting there going, fuck. So I look up in the corner, and I have this utility. And for the life of me, I can't remember what this little utility is called. And I'll have to look it up and find it. But it lets you, it's a quick way to eject drives or anything like mm-hmm. that. It shows up there. If I just simply click mm-hmm. on it, I get a list. It's called Free Space. Oh, yes, I remember that one, yeah. So I look up there, and normally, you know, I boot up my computer. The icon there, because it's the whatever you're running from, is the icon of the uh, Macintosh HD. And I'm going, wait, that's the icon for an external drive. Why is... I didn't... And then I got to looking. The default boot drive on my Mac had gotten changed... So it was booting from one of my older clone drives that's attached to my computer. And I said, oh, wait, wait. So then I reboot. I held down the option key. Macintosh hard drive. Choose boot. Ta-da. And there it was. GSE 213. I went, oh. But by the time I had gone through all of this stuff and the 20 or so panic texts that I had sent, uh, between Mike and Mark, and them going, oh no, you know, and like this, I, I, it was getting late. It was like after nine o'clock, and I said, I'm just too freaking tired to deal with it. I said, I'll edit the show tomorrow night, and I got up and went upstairs, had a drink, and went to bed. <laughs> so that that is really odd, though. I don't think I've ever recalled um, hearing about anyone who, with a blackout. And, and then the computer automatically defaults to an external drive to boot up from. I think that, that switch that's got weird. flipped. I think that switch got flipped some other time, because Mike, if you'll remember oh, okay. the, sh- the show that you and uh, Melissa and I did, right? Uh, what a month and a half ago now, I guess or so. Mm-hmm, probably. That remember I told you I was having something odd then. Right. I think it's when I because that's when I was messing around with the. Uh, uh, the Captain drive where I'd installed the Captain on a, a OS on a, another drive, and I think somewhere's in all that messing around, 
I mm-hmm. flipped that switch in, uh, was in Disk Utility or something. I can't remember where it is. And that's when it happened. And I had not rebooted my computer for I don't know how long. So it's like, oh. <laughs> so so it's like I was just, you know, I was just like, oh, I've lost the whole show. Jesus Christ! And these two flickheads hadn't bothered to do a backup. So. <laughs> Well, don't worry. I've got mine running in the corner now, so we're we're good unless the uh, we both are uh, real mess ups this time. So we should be good. Yeah. So, yeah. Needless to say, it was it was not when I got up Tuesday morning. I was feeling much better, much more relaxed. I said, "Well, the show will be a, little, a day late," and, but I got home uh, on time actually Tuesday evening for a change, which mm-hmm. is not a normal occurrence. So I uh, I got everything edited, got all the assets put together, dropped them in the folder. And uh, dinga 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 dunga, the show got published. So <laughs> it was, it was a nightmare. It was, you know, it was one of those weather-related things that you know you just have. You know, we don't have power outages here very often. It's that's probably that's the first one this year, and the f- we only had one. I mean, long-term power outages. We'll get blinks, um, but that was. It's been way over a year since we had the last one. So it's like, oh, Jesus Christ. So, you know, it was a bit of a nightmare. But, you know, weather weather has these effects. We'd had, what, almost 17 or 18 days straight of rain preceding that. So I guess some tree just gave up the ghost and fell over on the power lines. I never did hear what the hell happened. But. Well, maybe there was some suicidal squirrel inside. He just wanted to end <laughs> it all and take out the neighborhood. Yeah, I, well, that would work, but except none of the power lines in my neighborhood are above ground. Well, then a gopher. Yeah, may, yeah maybe he'd shoot the, the, There's a hey, gopher. This is a big piece of spaghetti. Yeah, I guess that's possible. But you know. Mom's made the cat in, in uh, Chevy Chase's Christmas vacation. That's a fried pussycat. Yep. <laughs> but, but lest we forget, you know, this is all about the weather. And we don't oh, no, want to forget no. the world famous weather report. And uh, I, b- b- where's, where's my mute button? I'll just before mute before I start on the world famous weather report, I have to say I heard from one of our fans, listener Jim, and he said he wanted me. It, to pass. Isn't Jim our only fan? He's one of four. The <laughs> cool. So we're growing. That yeah. that doesn't include you and Mike. No, it doesn't because we're not fans. The <laughs> ouch. Yeah, well, but he did say, Mark, he he was glad to hear you were back doing the show because he misses your ranting against the world-famous weather forecast. (laughs) Well, I'm glad someone likes it. Thanks, Jim. (laughs) But he does like the fact that that it annoys you and asks that we keep doing the world-famous weather. (laughs) So, but lest I forget. Uh, But you know what we should do? We should do what Allison did, right? Let's just take some elements of the show. Take to heart. And and, and 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 make them separate shows. That'll work. Okay. Why would we want to do that? But because then the world famous weather report can be its own podcast and I don't have to appear on it. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a tool. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I oh look. The weather is the weather is gee. Well, I, I have I, I have Elisa, who has kindly sent me her weather forecast. Thanks, uh, Elisa. 
Yeah, she likes you a lot. Um, yeah, I know. Likes to drive me nuts. <laughs> she sent she sent me this this morning. She said it reached uh, ninety two at her place yesterday. Ooh. And her they were opening the pool today, expecting a high of about eighty five. And then this week it's going to go back down in the seventies for her. So Elise is living on the face of the sun from my from what I can tell with her <laughs> weather forecast. Well, um, I think I saw the pictures on Facebook of them opening up the pool. So it looked like, and it looks like a nice pool. I'm not a pool person, but it looks uh, nice to me. So I don't mind the pool. I can get in the pool. I don't yeah, like I, large I've, bodies. I've never water. Done, yeah, well, main water don't mix too much either. I must admit, it's. Uh, uh, I, I just look at it this way. I don't have the physique. You know, I'm ashamed of my own physique, let alone having anyone else look at me jumping into a pool. <laughs> I have reached the point in my life, actually, I did this probably 30, 40 years ago. I don't give a damn. <laughs> I just, I get in, I enjoy the water. What really cracks me up is I've been trying to teach my family to swim, and I'm talking everybody in my family. Because they're, and, I, and of course, the first thing you have to learn to do when you're learning to swim is you have to learn to float. And I can't, you know, I say, they they say, how do you float? I said, just relax and let the water support you. You will be naturally buoyant in the water. And they all just tense up and sink. And I, <laughs> I think, no, watch. And I just lay back in the water and I'll lay there, you know, and I can float for, you know, ever like that, just floating on my back. And they're going, how do you do that? I said, you just have to relax. I mean, you're only in a foot of water. I'm standing right here. <laughs> You know, or two, actually. I'm, I'm, I'm getting this. I'm getting this mental image of, of Kevin with a beer and a hot dog in a, a little wading pool, like Homer did on The Simpsons. <laughs> it's disturbing me. <laughs> it has happened. I will say that. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> I just didn't I have the beer. I only had the hot that. dog. Oh boy! No, and actually, the, that pool was a foot and a half deep. Thank you. Oh, boy. <laughs> so when, the, when the kids were little, we had to have a pool for them to play in, so I got one of these big inflatable pools, and, you know, I inflated it, and I sat there in the water and watched them try to swim. <laughs> I, I I just want to say swimming's overrated. Never learned and don't... I've, I've tried a time or two, but, yeah, this whole uh, floating thing, no, I, I think I'm a sinker, so... Um. <laughs> The only thing I was ever good at was backstroke. I, I could never swim any other way except for on my back. I don't like my head being covered and, and immersed in water, so that's why I tend to stay away from, from that side of things. <laughs> uh, of course, something made Kevin laugh. God knows what. Uh, Mike and I had the same thought at the same time, and I'm not sharing that. Yeah, no, no. Oh, come on. I can't see. What, what were you guys doing? Now I know how annoying it is for the listeners. Well, okay. Uh, remember, um, what was his name? Billy, uh, shoot. Um, not Billy Idol. Anyway, he had a song called The Stroke. Who was that? Mm-hmm. Oh, I know you talking about stroke me, stroke me. Yeah, that's no. Uh, we we won't stroke you, Kevin. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's entirely what I was thinking of. Was that song that I can't think? Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. Now I just I'm going to try and Google here. Um, while I'm trying to do that, let's see if I multitask though, because I dropped into uh, chat there. Um, 
weather-related uh, story from South Dakota is making the rounds on the internet. Uh, it's it's actually uh, rather tragic for the farmer. Uh, Twenty-one cows killed by one bolt of lightning. Um, they were oh all gathered. Yeah, they were all gathered around the hay feeder, a metal hay feeder, and they were eating hay. And the lightning bolt struck and killed all twenty-one of them. Jesus! Wow! Flip. Yeah, like forty-five thousand uh, dollars worth of damage. Whew. Didn't do the cows. Hey, Mark, you, you'd, you'd prob- Mark, you'd probably know this. Do insurance companies um, cater for stuff like that, or if you would that uh, farmer be out of out of pocket? If you have it on your insurance, I mean that's all variable. Mm. Um, yeah, so I mean it's it's possibly could have had coverage, but you know we never carried because we never had you know we never conceived that there would be um, that big a. Uh, uh, did we have that much damage? Mm-hmm. That's that's that's. I mean, it. The power of nature is always awe-inspiring, right. but that's awful for uh, the farmer. I mean, that's just yeah. terrible. And I thought I'd just throw that in there just to remind people that you know take lightning seriously. I think most people do. Um, I thought that would be one good thing with our weather report that we do is just let people know that uh, uh, you know take it seriously. Um, and you, when you're out there, you know, don't go under a tree. Try to go someplace. You know, try to get in a building. Um, try to maybe find the lowest spot possible. Uh, I'm not. I don't remember all my lightning stuff because I just stay inside the stupid house. But um, you uh-huh. know, and just or a car with rubber tires. I'm terrible about it. When we get a bad electrical storm, I'll go outside. I well, I go out in the garage. Yeah, um, that's where I got at- open the door. Yeah, and we've had a few close lightning strikes because I remember out in the farm, I have no idea where it hit, but uh, it was loud. I mean, you knew it was close, and all of a sudden our garage door malfunctioned because I think the uh, blast uh, basically zapped the motherboard in there. So it was just stuck on, and it wouldn't stop. So it's sitting there, boom, 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 boom. It got into the end there, and it was just jumping the chain, so we had to pull it. And I think I ended up replacing the motherboard in that just because it – and I think the same thing happened out to that uh, – uh, potato chip place I worked, the same basic thing happened that the garage door just malfunctioned and, you know, you either a new motherboard or a new garage door opener or whichever. So, I mean, it's got some, and even um, a few years ago, we had a lightning strike somewhere in the neighborhood and the neighbor across the road, um, it took out her TV microwave and I think it cracked a gas pipe going to her furnace in the living room. So, you know, that's our kind wow. of our summer, summer PSA, just, you know, take, storm seriously oh yeah because uh and i i don't know if i told the stories on here i think i i've had three fairly close strikes with lightning and my brother-in-law got hit from lightning bouncing off another guy that he was working near so i mean yeah he ended up he he was working and next thing he knew he was rolling down a hill about 20 or 30 feet from where he'd been working and then the ambulance shows up, and they're going to the ER. So, shows sure lucky. Yeah, very I lucky. We've had uh, the neighbor's house, the far side of the neighbor's house, got hit with a a tree, took a lightning hit, and blew the roots out of the ground, and blew pieces of the roots in the tree across their house over into our yard. And then <laughs> um, I was sitting on. We were getting, having a storm one night. I don't go outside at night during the storms, and I was looking up the street, and I saw lightning hit the stop sign, and it disintegrated that stop sign when it <laughs> hit it. I mean, it obliterated that wood post and blew that big metal heavy stop sign about 40 feet. 
So oh yeah, it it packs the wall up. And we had the same thing. Uh, I think last year, maybe two years ago, up at the school, we were because uh, we're only up like about a couple blocks away from the school. So uh, Deb and I was sleeping at night. And all of a sudden, we heard this terrible crack, and we didn't know what happened. And well, then the next day at school, we're outside talking to the field house uh, manager there, and we happened to look over, and there's this chunk of wood on the the branch had gotten blown off and went down just this real uh this narrow little strip going right down the tree where the lightning came right down blew the bark off it blew a chunk of wood um probably a good 30 feet out into the road you know blew a branch off so um yeah it's uh it's powerful stuff yeah it's nothing to mess around with folks uh all jokes aside about the weather and and mark's distaste or disdain for our <laughs> forecast Please, if you're in the hemisphere or if you're in an area that experiences severe storms, which I, I don't know about Mark, but I know Mike and I both live in areas that can get some really mm. pretty severe thunder and lightning storms. Um, we, we get some big ones in, in summer, um, but we probably don't have um, as much of, of the wild weather as you guys have. And I think Mike would probably have the wildest weather out of all three of us. Yeah, because yeah. I... I'm trying to think we're pretty close to the anniversary of, because there was two towns in two different times that was basically destroyed in South Dakota by tornadoes. Um, I'm blanking on their names now, but I knew it was somewhere around um, the end of May, somewhere in there, around Memorial Day weekend. I know it was about the time that they had the Children's Miracle Network uh, on because they uh, they were having a telethon for that. Back when they actually did telethons, uh, boy, that's, you know, they don't do telethons anymore, but that's a different subject. Mm. Anyway, they're they were doing this telethon. They had to interrupt to tell that this one town had gotten destroyed. And I think uh, next year, two years later, during the same telethon, they interrupted to say another town was, um, you know, destroyed by a tornado. So it's like the third year is like, what town's going to get destroyed this year during the Children's Miracle ne- uh, Network telethon? Well, it's been <laughs> just a little over five years ago that Joplin uh, got hit and destroyed by that massive tornado. So uh, yeah, it's it's it's. You know, we fortunately we don't get tornadoes around here very often where I am. I know Mike does. I I happened to show a picture I took back in 2012 when I was watching two funnel clouds form. I was standing out on the uh, side porch by the side door of my office uh, at work, and I you could see the two funnel clouds starting to form and come down. And so I said, "Why were you out there taking pictures?" I said, "Because I wanted to take a picture because it's not something you see very often." Two of them forming. They never completely touched down, but it was wild looking to see two of them. Okay, my Google foo's a little quicker this time. One of the towns is Manchester, and I think that was uh, featured on the Weather Channel, uh, and that was June twenty fourth, two thousand three. Um, and the other town, I'm still blanking on. I could probably find it on the map. It's somewhere near Mitchell down there. Um, but yeah, and the, okay, you know, it's not like it, New York was wiped out by a tornado. These towns, you know, have a population of you know maybe a hundred or I don't even think Manchester is that much. Uh, Oh, this has a population of 109. Uh, okay, maybe that's when the bar is open. But, um, you know, um, these aren't big towns, but still to have, you know, a tornado come through and just you know, basically wipe out the town. And, and both of them have rebuilt. They're, you know, um, they're not going to die. Out here, you know, we're, we're hardy folk out here. We don't let a silly thing like tornadoes or blizzards or catastrophes stop us. We keep going. We're either durable or stupid. I don't know. There's a fine line between the two there. But. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. And uh, that, that's, you know, that's the way it 
it tends to go, I think, for a lot of people. It's yeah, durable or stupid or stupidly <laughs> durable. I'm not sure which. So, Or uh, just natural selection. Yes, that's true. It could be. It could be that as well. <laughs> so that that's our weather forecast, folks, along with a PSA for this week. So please uh, please uh, be careful out there. So the, the next thing that I wanted to mention was... Um, we started last week with our new our new uh, episode or new new uh, topic for the show or new feature, I guess. Besides the world famous weather report, and uh, it was uh, I got good feedback from it. Everybody seemed to like the the, the new feature, so I'm glad everybody likes it. So all four week, of them, yeah, all four of them. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> we have a good consensus then. We do have consensus. Mark was the only dissenting view. Um, but, um, so there was, so I decided to change the, change it up a little bit this week and I changed the dollar value. Now, in all fairness to Mark, because of what, uh, he's in, he's got some different kind of currency. We don't know what the hell it is. Um, it, we, we're, we're putting this in U.S. dollars. All jokes aside, this is in U.S. dollars. So that makes it easy for Mark because he has to buy so many things and import them from the U.S. anyway. It just makes it easier for him. So this week we set the, or I set the value at two hundred and fifty to four hundred dollars. Now remember, folks, the idea behind this is, if we could buy something, we just had this money suddenly appear and we wanted to piss it away on something geeky. <laughs> this is what we could. This is what we would do it with. So, I'm gonna let uh, Mr. McPeak start this week. I think I did last week, but I'm gonna let him start again this week anyway. So. Oh, I feel privileged. And mine, you know, makes it under the 400 mark by a penny. Um, and this is at woot.com. But um, it's three ninety nine ninety nine. But I thought it was kind of cool. And, you know, this is something that, you know, if I if I had the money, I, well, I, I bought things I don't have the money for. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. we all. Yeah, I know. Uh, and I just, this is, it teeters on the edge there that it, it's cool. It would be kind of fun to have, but what would I really do with it? But it is a micro 3D printer starter kit with five spools of PLA filament. Uh, and I'm just kind of looking at going, you know, there's just, to be able to create mm, something out of nothing, in essence, almost, or, you know, something out of something else, yeah, I think is I, you know, I like that. And I'm just not as talented as some people uh, in that respect sometimes. Because I've watched artists sit there and just, you know, take a piece of paper and a piece of chalk and just, you know, make something wonderful come out of it. And I'm drawing a stick man that looks terrible. But, you know, you look at something, yeah, you look at something like this where, you know, there's lots of plans out there that you can download. And so you don't necessarily have to actually know what you're doing because I, I, I don't know what this one I don't know if they settled on a standard for 3D printers so that if you create a file, it'll work on most of them. And I don't know if this one would obey it if that standard if it was even there. But yeah, there's files you can download, you can print stuff out. And you know, I just think it's kind of cool to sit there and just because they have one at school and I've watched it kind of uh, work a little bit. And you just watch the head go back and forth and it's doing all its things and it builds it up. And, um, and they were doing some, you know, interesting stuff there, and I, I'm just thinking it'd be kind of cool to uh, print out, you know, little figurines or what I would really like. Now I don't think it's big enough to do that for the school. I would like to be able to print out like nameplates for the uh, 
teachers to put beside their door just to, I don't know, class the place up a little bit. And so if somebody's coming in looking for somebody's room, the name is there that makes it a little less, you know, cryptic or whatever. But um, I just saw it and thought that was kind of neat. Well, I, you know, I, th- I I have a fascination with these things for a bunch of reasons because, yeah, it would be neat to create something out of nothing, basically. Um, and matter of fact, uh, there's a thing coming out. I don't. I, we may have mentioned this on the show years and years ago. Michelle, uh, Michelle, Mattel, uh, the toy company, used to have this thing called the uh, Thing Maker, and it was basically mm. you got this little hot plate. Uh, great for scalding and burning kids with third degree burns. Very, very useful. And it came with these little cast iron molds and this stuff called goop. And basically, you got the hot plate up to scalding temperature with a little bit of water in it. And then you put the mold with the goop in it, and it kind of baked these little rubbery thing, plastic things that you could cook and then peel out. And let me tell you, that thing got pretty hot because, folks, I burnt my fingers many times with those. Great toy for the kids to play with. Um, <laughs> But um, they're coming out with a they're coming out with a thing maker again, but it's basically it's a three D printer. Awesome! So I think it's due out at Christmas this year, or before, in time for Christmas this year. Well, and I uh, happen to think of the place. Well, one of the places you can go to Thingverse, and they have all kinds of um, things. Uh, hopefully for different size printers, because some of this stuff looks like it'd take a bigger printer. Because I'm seeing they got things like you can print out a uh, tr- uh, Tyrannosaurus Rex uh, skeleton. You can do dice. You can um, uh, it looks like a shifter knob for a Jeep or something like that. Um, you can do all kinds of things. helmets, and it looks like a little pile of poop with glasses, or I don't know what that <laughs> one is. Um, it's the poop emoji, maybe. Uh, could be something like that, which is actually supposed to be chocolate ice cream, but it's just become poop because yeah. everything becomes poop. Um, but um, yeah, they got looks like different patterns you can hopefully download, and if your printer is compatible, you can just plug it in, print it. So, you know, it takes some of that. Uh, you know, because I've gotten like a, a drawing pad for you know a present or something like that, and I was afraid to use it because I just didn't want to mess it up and screw it up by drawing you know something that was stupid. But if you can download patterns. And put it in there and print it out. And, and if you get good enough, you can sit there and tweak it. Or once you figure out what you're doing, you can you know, sit there and you know make your own stuff and, and be able to print it out. And I just think that idea of um, basically manufacturing little things like that. Or even, and I don't know if this plastic is that durable. And I suppose you can get better grades of uh, uh, filaments for it. But to be able to print out uh, parts for certain things... Um, you know, like repairing something if it you know if it's going to be strong enough or whatever. Just the idea of being being able to print out parts, especially for something that you know. Now we're probably getting into more industrial grade stuff, but even if you could print out parts for equipment that's not made anymore, as long as you had a design for the old part or enough of an old part that you could recreate it, you know, something like that would be real interesting. We'll get one of those Fujitsu 3D scanners. That can yeah. scan in 3D, and then you or the HP makes a uh, computer scanner type of thing that you could scan it and then get that, and then because I'm just thinking now as you're talking about this, it'd be nice. There's a couple uh, handles on the or they're like tightening large plastic wing bolt wing nuts uh, that are on the side of my lawnmower handle, and they've broken. They they keep breaking one you know one end off, and right. I keep having tight. And I'm too cheap to go buy them because I, it just pisses me off. 
be nice to be able to 3D print these things so every time one broke, I just take one off and put another one on. <laughs> well, but how uh, much does it cost to actually get the materials for the pre uh, sorry for the 3D printer to work? Because is it where you could go to the store and buy it more affordably? I, understandably, the 3D printer is geeky and and it's awesome to do it yourself. But is it a matter of Cost-wise, just better to go with, you know, the sweatshop kind of manufacturing uh, model. Well, gee, you take all the damn fun out of something. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay, let me... I'm the anti-geek. Yeah, you are. You're (laughs) AG. Well, let me let me see if I can kind of twist this because it's more like when computers first came out, like when I bought my uh, my Tandy color computer way back when, or Radio Shack color computer actually at that time. You know, you could do a few things, but you really couldn't do much. It took a while for it to get there, uh, to get to where we are now, with, and doing all the things that we did. And at that point, people are going, "Well, you know, what can you do? That why you know why bother with this kind of stuff?" So I think that's where three D printers is at, but. Um, not to plug my other podcast here, but on uh, Sci-Fi Tech Talk, we did um, Freedom TM and uh, Demon by Daniel Suarez. And in there, he uh, was establishing a um, different um, economic uh, infrastructure where instead of transporting products across the country, you would have these 3D printers um, well, you know, or fabricators scattered around the country. And you would just have to have a supply of raw minerals, and depending upon what it does, it could be provided locally. Um, if you just, you know, depending upon what you can use for, you know, uh, you know, and I don't know what he was using in this story for raw materials. But then basically people could share um, patterns and stuff. So instead mm-hmm. of transporting products all the way across mm. the country, you, you would just that. send the print job. Right, basically. It, it, it's almost like a replicator, which is right. really, really cool. That that's actually that's awesome when you think about it because certainly right. in Australia with um, such the big there's such uh, the large uh, landmass that we've got um, we have a very very big trucking uh, industry big rail industry as well uh, with getting product all over the the place uh, but if you could reduce that you'd reduce carbon emissions you'd reduce damage to the environment this is actually a very cool concept I like it. Right, I had I had never thought of it. Well, and like I said, I didn't really think about it until he was uh, until I read that book, and that's what kind of got me thinking that you know this could be. I don't want to get too presumptuous here, but this could maybe be the next economic revolution um, where. You know, but the thing is, with every uh, economic revolution, there's usually or uh, revolutions of any sort. There's victims. The trucking companies would hate it, perhaps, um, because they're not transporting all this stuff. Now, you might still it would still be cheaper, I think, to transport the raw material across the country because you could pack a semi full of goo with no airspace in there. Whereas, like if you're trucking a combine across the country, you're trucking one thing, and that takes up a lot of space. Mm-hmm. And you got all the the air inside there. You know, I'm thinking of Steve Jobs throwing the uh, first iPhone into a tank of water, and the air bubbles come out and say, "Yeah, there's still room in there. Um, there's still <laughs> space in there." So, you know, just to be able to, you know, this compact unit of stuff that could then be created to other things. So, even if you don't have the raw material to run the printer locally, it would still be cheaper to truck, uh, you know, a, a truck packed full of. Ma- of the raw material versus uh, you know an individual or a bunch of individual items, um, and like I say, it's just 
but then you know you, your economics would change because then the, you could theoretically, if you people shared the patterns, you could set up your own. You wouldn't be, be, be dependent upon big companies necessarily. You wouldn't have to. If you could fabricate a tractor, what would this do to John Deere? What would this do to the big companies? Uh, so this has the the potential to. You know, I won't say screw up the economy, but turn it on its head. And I don't know, maybe mm. put uh, you know power back in the hands of uh, the small people, uh, and then the big giants are you know left trying to figure out what the hell just happened. Yeah, I mean, it's I I kind of think the idea is really cool because there are things that that certain parts of the world or the country, whatever way you want to think about it, they just don't have access to it. It's too hard to get in. Think about some of these uh, third world countries where we could improve the quality of life for people <clears throat> if you simply could put something that would fabricate uh, useful items to them instead of it costing a damn fortune to have stuff shipped in. I mean, you know. Or shipped overseas or whatever, or set up a manufacturing plant in that country and train workers and, um, you know, and you could just have it locally. So you could, uh, you know, uh, create your own if it gets to the point where you could like turn out equipment or something like that um and so some farmer just comes in and he needs something and you just print it out or maybe he has an idea to you know improve something that you could just sit down with somebody who knows how to run one of these things and say you know here's the the changes i'd like to see made um you know and just be able to print one out what would that do for like prototyping yeah i'm just trying to imagine what a 3d printed version of mark would look like you know, hmm. <laughs> mankini hmm. or no mankini? I don't know, but no. I, well, you know, I, 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 maybe I could stand to lose a few kilos. Uh, you know, I, I could have like instead of my relaxed six pack, I could have the perfect six pack. Ah, I see. Bullshit. The, oh. <laughs> sure. But uh, but then who would want who who would want a three D version of me? Well, I need it for target practice. <laughs> Lovely. Now we've figured it out. <laughs> uh, but, no, it's very cool. And uh, a kind of a, an online friend, uh, I don't know, uh, Darren Griffin, uh, over in the U.K., is big into 3D printing. And he has uh, – I sent you guys – I think I sent both of you the picture, or maybe I just sent it to Mark. He actually printed out – he took an iMac or a Mac, a Mac Classic – and created a miniature 3D print of it. <laughs> and, uh, Mike's having trouble with his cat. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting attacked here. He loves me too much. And uh, basically, it's a wa- it's an Apple Watch stand with the screen of the Mac being replaced by the screen of your Apple Watch. It's really cool. It's a cool concept. He uses it for his. Uh, he said, I think he said he uses it for you know, the stand at night, and then he has a place to plug the charger into the back of the watch. Um, but it just lets him, you know, hold the watch, see it in nightstand mode, but then it, yet it looks like a little Macintosh computer sitting there. So I think that's pretty cool. I mean, that just goes to show you what you can do and how versatile things can be with um, uh, a 3D printer. So I'll have You're to certainly get... really unlimited by what you can think of, which is where technology always should be going. Is you know, new technology coming in is wonderful, but if it's limited, then we need to get something new. But if you can think outside the square, it's, it's like uh, you know when the iPhone first came in, and 
Apple decided, no, we're not going to let third-party developers develop for the platform. We're going to keep it locked down. And then they turned it around, and then the developers ended up doing things with iPhone that Apple and Apple engineers had never thought was possible. Um, so, yeah, provided there's people out there who are, are thinking and wanting to take the the core technology further, that's going to be a wonderful thing. Yeah, no, I think it. I think it's great. I'm almost ashamed of my pick now after Mike picked <laughs> something that could better humanity in some way. Well, I hadn't yeah, planned on taking it mine. that. Well, <laughs> I hadn't planned on taking it that direction. It just kind of veered off there. But uh, I didn't mean to bring you guys down because I know I don't know what Mark got. Uh, has I see Kevin's? That's perfectly fine. And this could turn into another conversation. So that's, bring that's, it on. That's true. All right. So I'll go next. We'll leave Mark to last because well, he's Mark. Um, <laughs> Sounds good to me. So what I had chosen was, just because I've become fascinated with them, uh, and we've talked about them multiple times, is a Chromebook. There's, it's the Toshiba uh, Chromebook 2. Uh, this is the 2015 edition. I don't think they've updated it, but it comes with an Intel i3, 4 gigs of RAM. Uh, it's a 13-inch screen, and it's a 2.1 gigahertz processor. And I have heard of multiple people taking this machine and not only using it as a Chromebook, but simply sliding in an SD card and installing Linux, you know, making it a full Linux laptop. And this thing comes in, it's kind of expensive for a Chromebook, nothing like the Pixel. I mean, we're not talking a $1,000, but I'm like Mike, I squeak in by one penny. <laughs> this is three ninety nine ninety nine US. So, um... I've just been enamored with the Chromebooks. Maybe it's because the kids are all use. My kids have all had to use them in school, which I, we've talked about on the show before. And I think, right. I think they're a good application in the schools. I think the price point is good for the schools. The problem being is the online textbooks that they put on for the kids to use suck. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, while the equipment's good, the online textbooks just kind of suck. Right. So. Well, and- and we've talked about it before, too. I think just from an IT standpoint, rather than having to re-image a whole bunch of laptops, you just go and update your server, you know, one server, maybe two, depending upon how your school is structured, and boom, you're done. Uh, or let's say, you know, somebody wants, uh, let's say somebody's doing a drafting class and wants a CAD program added. You just have to add it to your server. Um, you wouldn't have to go to each take each student's laptop and install this stuff. So I think just from the logistics point, uh, the Chromecast has some things in its favor. Well, I, I have to laugh. The uh, This past week, since the, my kids are reaching the end of the school year, they got to turn in their Chromebooks, and they were ecstatic to have to get rid of those things <laughs> and not have to carry them, because they had to bring them home every night. That's the local school system's policy. They have to bring them home every night. They have to charge them and have them fully charged and ready to go the next day. But um, So they were just like sick and tired because, you know, we got in the habit. Have you plugged in your Chromebook before they go to bed? Have you plugged in your Chromebook? It's like, oh, Jesus, I'm tired of saying that. So, But, um, and, and, you know, they're pretty basic Chromebooks. I forget which ones they are that they've gotten. You know, I can't fault the school system. It's, it's that. It's just that my kids have grown to hate Google Docs. Uh, or you know anything or, or anything around it, whether it's a spreadsheet, the presentation program, or the word processor, they've grown to hate all that. They now have grown to hate Chromebooks. 
So I want to thank the local school system for pissing my kids off and making them hate technology. The thing that feeds them and keeps a roof over their heads. So, you know, what can I say? Yeah, but they're, they're pushing them towards iPads and pushing them towards Macs. So that's not necessarily a bad thing. Well, no, it's it's not a bad thing other than my kids get are just... They, they don't see it the way we see it. They don't see it as... Um, you know, this it's you know it's Chromebook versus MacBook versus uh, Windows PC versus a Linux PC. They see it as mm-hmm. technology and consider it all a pain in the arse. So, you know, that's just the way it goes. I, I, I don't know. Like I said, and and my viewpoint from what I've seen, the technology works okay. It's just the textbooks and the stuff they have behind it are god awful. I mean, it's bad enough that the one or two textbooks they have have. Sp- Spelling mistakes and grammar mistakes in them out the yin yang. I mean, I don't ever remember seeing that in our school books, textbooks. But then the the online versions that they have, oh my god, are they horrific? I mean, you, if you if you're like going doing a worksheet, well, once you answer it, if you go through it, if you have, oh wait a minute, I think I know better, and I can go back. No, you can't go back. You know, there's no erase. There's no go back and do over, and you can't skip down through the problems. You know, if you're doing a worksheet, you got to do them in order. So if you get stuck on the third one and there's 20 of them, you're screwed. Yeah, because my my test taking was always hit the easy ones, get them out of the way, and then go back, and then the problem ones, you you, uh, work on them a little bit. uh, But, yeah, if if they put a tough one at the beginning, you're SOL. You're basically a helically inclined. Uh, you're what is it? A metal rod with a, a wrapped helically inclined plane. Screw. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. It's but but again, I've become fascinated with the thought of a Chromebook. I don't know why, but that's also the reason I haven't bought one because I just don't right. have. I I would feel bad. I I picked a little bit of markup in this case. I feel bad spending this much money for something, and then not really using it. You know. Mm. So it's it's kind of a, a little bit of mark coming out in me. Jeez, well, I've had an influence. Well, and I should probably in, uh, emulate them a little bit, at least in the, you know, because I buy lots of things, and I kind of use them. Uh, it's more like sometimes, oh, yeah, I, I bought that. Why don't I sit down and use that for a while? Uh, I should, you know, probably be a little bit more justified in the things I buy. So, okay. So we'll give Mark a few geek points for you know maybe influencing us to uh, correctly spend our money sometimes or wisely spend our money. <laughs> here, here, here's what I'll do. In in the spirit of giving this week, we will award Mark 1,000 geek points. He'll probably sure you don't I lose those. Yeah. Well, just, just, you still got the 102 that we gave you a month or so ago. So Really? I uh, completely forgot about them. I thought you gave them to Elisa. We gave uh, part of them to her. So uh, You want to get... You want to give him a thousand, or do you want to give him three hundred ninety nine ninety nine? Oh, I like that. <laughs> yes, three ninety nine ninety nine. That's what Mark gets. So he has, oh, according to my accounting ledger here, so that's three ninety nine ninety nine plus the four that we didn't give to Elisa. So that puts him at uh, four oh three ninety nine for geek points, folks. How does that Good sound? Grace. We're getting into decimal geek points here. What does that say? It's decimal centric. So. Sure, there you go. <laughs> All right. So now, Mr. Mr. Green Tree, what do you have for us this week? 
Well, for the price range, I have something that comes in at two hundred ninety-nine US dollars, and something that then unfortunately costs four hundred ninety-nine Australian dollars. So you can see how we get screwed quite significantly. Uh, that being that being said, I have seen them as low as uh, four forty-nine Australian. But the product that I would buy if I had the money just to to blow this week is the Oppo HA two. And I better just, I, I guess I'll share a, a link with, with um, I'll do the nice thing and share a link with my fellow co-hosts so that they can actually see what I'm talking about. Yeah, uh, I think but you, you just, cussed us out just then, I it, it, If you go and Google it, you'll, you'll certainly see it for all the listeners. Um, anyway, so what it is, is it's basically a portable headphone amplifier DAC for iPhone and it also does Android and everything as well. So it gives you a higher quality audio output. It connects into the lightning adapter and then uh, you run the audio uh, through the external DAC and you get a much better performing sound quality than the iPhone or most smartphones can deliver. The other thing that's also really cool about it too is it is a mobile power bank as well. So you can actually charge your iPhone off um, the unit as well. Um, and it'll work with your Mac as well. Um, and I don't know if you guys have ever come across this. I, I know I haven't. I know Mike may have. Kevin, you probably haven't. But there's a, a difference in sound quality between your iPhone and your MacBook Pro, your MacBook Air, for instance. Mm. And it's all to do with the DAC that's inside and how much power is going through the headphones to drive the headphones. And you get quite a different sound. And what I'm trying to do, and, and this is the aim of, of purchasing this somewhere down the track, and if I had that spare money, I would, uh, it enables me to have the same consistent sound quality uh, across all platforms, uh, which is something that I'd really like to have. And certainly I've had other OPPO products. I've got the OPPO uh, BDP-103 uh, Blu-ray player, which is amazing it's just honestly best blu-ray player on the market um so yeah it's just a, a little external DAC amplifier it'll even take analog um sources so you can pump an analog source into it and have it amplified that will actually come in handy uh for my portable cd player uh where sometimes i like just having a portable cd player where it's not connected to technology and i'm not getting messages and so forth put the CD in and just enjoy it. But the output of that is is really poor for my higher gain headphones. And therefore, the, you can put it up to maximum and it's like, oh, geez, I need, I need some more amplification in the sound. So you can run it through there, have it amplified. The good thing is that it, it's got analog switches as well. So the volume is, is an analog uh, rotational button similar to what you get on, say, 1970s through to 1990s audio equipment where you can make very finite adjustments rather than the digital adjustments that tend to make massive jumps uh, as you press them. So it, it's... It's an all-around pretty good unit. It gets uh, rave reviews um, from basically everyone that uh, has touched one and, and so forth. So that's that's my pick for this week. Well, that's cool, but I'm trying to imagine what Elisa and the other geeky ladies are going to sound like when I amplify them, because what else would I amplify? Well, that, that's the thing. It is, let, let me be honest, it is for music fans only. If you like music... Um, you're going to like this. It's going to 
It, it, look, it's not going to fix the problems that lossy music has. You often see in the music industry where hardware manufacturers will turn around and say, oh, we've put in this technology to make MP3s sound like CD again. BS. You can't do it. Once the information is lost, you can't put it back in. All they're doing is shaping the sound through psychoacoustics. Uh, it can sound good, but it's not It's not going to be the same as popping a CD in or going with uh, Tidal Hi-Fi, which is CD quality. Um, but what this kind of DAC, or really any external DAC does, is it just improves on, on what Apple can't do with the iPhone. I mean, let's be honest, the iPhone, for, for what it is, is an extraordinary uh, convergence device that can do so much. But the uh, DAC inside the digital to analog converter isn't going to be of the highest quality. Um, and hence, this product for $300 concentrates on that sound quality and, and makes sure that you get the best performing sound quality. The other problem, of course, is that you do have to have elastic bands and strap it to your... Like, it comes yeah. with bands. Uh, and you've got to have it strapped to your unit and then you've got extra cords coming out. It's not... Even though it's portable, it's not put it in your pocket and go for a walk portable... It's portable in, okay, take it with you on holidays, take it with you to the office, that kind of thing to get that better quality uh, sound output. Um, but in all honesty, I'll, I'll be quite honest. Look, I've got the headphones to support um, going for something like this now, but my advice to anyone interested in improving sound quality from the iPhone or the iPad, get a better set of headphones first and then consider something like an external DAC um, to get better sound quality. There's no use going for this product and sticking with the Apple earbuds or sticking with, say, $40 over-the-ear headphones. You're just not going to benefit from that at all. So better headphones first, then this second. And that's why I personally am looking at this, because I've got the better headphones, and I now need something better to drive them. Um, with a little bit more oomph. Let's just put it that way. All right, so I'm looking to see. It looks like it's almost the size of the iPhone itself, like an iPhone 5S. An iPhone 6 uh, is ex- is basically exactly the same size. Oh, okay. The iPhone 5S, or now the SE, fits nicely into the leather area of the device, and the iPhone uh, 6S Plus is, is just massive in comparison. It, it dwarfs it, unfortunately. Um, but, yeah, it, 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 is, it was designed for, for smartphone and iPhone and, and to go and match it perfectly, and it's certainly got that, that hard edge that the iPhone 5S and SE um, does have. So it, it matches it really nicely, unlike some other DACs where I've, I've seen some and they're, they're different colours and they're bulky and they've got lights and... I mean, this one's got, you know, status lights and stuff like that, but it, it's very, very sleek, and it's it's almost like it's been designed by Apple. Let me put it that way. It, it's very yeah. app, Apple-ish in it its is. design and its look. So, I mean, and that sort of goes a, a long way as well. You know, there are other options. Um, for the price range, though, probably nothing beats this one, but if you're willing to spend an, an, a little bit more money than the... Um, Oh, I forget what it is now. It's the Hugo. I'd have to, sorry, I, I've just got a blank. I had it before I, I was about to say it and then it went out of my head. Um, there's a couple of others. There's a Meridian one as well that, you know, a little bit more money and you get better quality again. But I think this one's a good all-rounder that gives you that battery backup. Um, 
and and you can't go wrong with it. Opo's fantastic. I I can't um, praise them any higher than I already do. Their their equipment is built to last. Uh, I mean, look, my Blu-ray player has a three-year warranty that comes with it out of the box. Um, that's confidence in a product, and yeah. it's built like a tank. It really is. It's and I, I've got my Apple TV pumping through it, and the video processing and the audio processing out of it is just extraordinary. It's to die for. It makes the Apple TV look incredible and look marvellous. So, I'm, I mean, look, you know, it's, it's a lot of money, though. So I, I think um, well, I, I paid about 750 or so Australian dollars for that Blu-ray player, and that's the entry-level model. Uh, there's another one that's around about 1900, which I think in the US is 1300, and that's uh, really high-end audiophile uh, and videophile um, standards. But they've got some pretty cool stuff, and and they focus. They they don't um, they don't skimp, and they they focus and, and give you a pretty good product for the the price. Well, I'll have to say this, even though I don't listen to enough music to re- to make it work, this thing's just cool to look at. I just like yeah. the little lights and stuff on it. It's just wicked cool. I'll put, I'll definitely put a link to it in the show notes as I well, I would have anyway. But I mean, so folks can see this. This is this is industrial design at a whole new level from my perspective. Um, you know, well, just I, a, amazing. When, when I looked at it, I thought Sony because the the leather wrapped around there mm-hmm. and and the little dial on there kind of it sort of reminded me of a. Uh, Way back when, maybe a, a transistor radio for some reason. I think uh, the oh, weather yeah. is doing something like that. You know, is, is making me think along that line. And the little, like I say, little dial on the top too, because not many things have dials anymore. Like I say, it's usually buttons you got to push. And and that would, yeah, because there's times that I've tried to you know adjust the volumes, and one is too high, one is too low, and you do kind of wish you had the fine control. And uh, you know it does look interesting. And you know you you address something I was thinking about while you were talking that yeah now you got to have two devices there. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, if if you come up with a a pack of some sort um, to put both of them in um, that you could. And, you know, I would probably do something like that because I do love my my side arms, my my uh, alpaca packs that I put on my side, whatever. Um, and I would probably find one where I could put both of them in there and find just a short little uh, lightning to uh, uh, USB cord yeah. and just put it in there, have it all together in a little hole for my headphones to run out. Uh, I mean, I do like my Bluetooth just for convenience, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, I do still like you know, like I said, my hearing is. I've uh, abused it over the years, either through work or through pleasure, whichever. Uh, but I still do like uh, good-sounding stuff. I, I can tell when things are tinny. And like I say, yeah. some earbuds are, you know, and I'm not the audiophile that you are, but I still like things to sound not crappy. Um, and so yeah. I'm looking at something like that, and, you know, that would be good because um, I do have a, a decent set of headphones here. You know, they're not the super expensive ones. I think they were like, you know, $80, $90. But, um mm-hmm. And I, you know, they do sound better. And this is, but like I say, sometimes for me, it's just the the convenience of listening to stuff uh, triumphs fidelity. So, um, yeah. but yeah, because even like before we were podcasting here, I put the headphones on and was listening to music from the the Mac Mini here, and you know, pumping up Shine Down a little loud uh, again, probably ruining my hearing again. But yeah, you do like the the your music to have some depth and structure to it. 
you do, and you just mentioned something interesting there, Mike, where you, you've got to turn up the volume, and I find that I have to do the same thing because you, you're not getting that, that fullness of sound right. necessarily yeah. out of the headphone out of the headphone sockets and, and the DACs that are built into the equipment. So I've noticed over time as I've been on this audiophile journey that every time you add an element of quality, you actually turn the volume down just a little bit and you still get that fulfilled sound that, that sort of resonates with you. Um, so, because I find a lot of the times when I use the Apple earbuds, I've got to pump the volume up to say ninety percent. Now, when I use my Bose SoundTrue um, Ultras when I'm out for a walk, I can bring the volume back down to sixty to seventy percent and still have the same experience. Now, bear in mind the Ultras go deeper into the ear, and they are noise isolating, so they've got uh, tips on them that conform to the the ear canal and then isolate the sound from coming in. So that's also something to consider as well when you're looking at headphones and that, is get noise uh, isolating headphones to where you can keep the volume lower and still get a nice, crisp, uh, deep uh, sound with a lot of uh, depth in it because you will end up doing more damage to your hearing by running running Apple earbuds at 90% than you will running in-ears at... 70% because the decibel level is higher and it's just pushing air through because you're trying to get the volume above the the external sounds that you can hear. So really noise isolating or noise cancelling headphones are fantastic because they allow you to have volumes lower because you you blast things in your ears in public uh, space or if you're on public transport, planes and so forth and you're doing damage. Um, anything above about 70 decibels all the time is going to do damage to your eardrums. Well, yeah, and I want to be able to hear the instruments when they're playing. I want to hear all the instruments because, mm-hmm. you know, you, you have your lead guitarist and you have your drummer, but you got this little guy back there playing the triangle, and he's getting paid for this, and I want to hear that guy play his triangle. And so I want something that's going to, you know, so I can hear that stuff and all the little nuances and all those little things like that. I mean, I do have a – and like I say, I just – because I've gotten lazy, I haven't gone, you know, the route that you have. But when I do take the time to strap on the headphones and, you know, sit back and just kind of go into my little, you know, auditory fancy, uh, fantasies here, um, I want to be able to hear, you know, and be able to close my eyes and, you know, like I'm there at the concert or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what you need, Mike? What's that? More cowbell. <laughs> That's what you need is more <laughs> cowbell. <laughs> You got the punch. Well, that's okay. You, you should be able to get a punchline once in a while. So that's I'll right. let you have that one. There you go. Yeah. Well, we have Mark. He's the constant punchline, but that's beside the okay. point. Okay. <laughs> but now you've actually. Damn you, Mark. Now I want one of these. <laughs> they, look, they are very, very cool little devices that are built for Apple. And the, great, the greatest thing is. They are built for Android too. They are built yeah. for standard MP3 players. I mean, there's really nothing audio-wise that I can think of that you can't connect with this thing. It's just, it's an incredible little portable device. Yes, it is connecting another uh, tool to, to your setup, um, but unless, uh, you know, you've gone Bluetooth headphones, um, you know, you, you still got to run cables anyway. So I kind of look at this and go, you know, it, it's... 
it's just it's super cool and you know what i'm hoping to pick up one to be quite honest i'm hoping to pick up one within the next three weeks so if i do i'll definitely uh do a review and we'll definitely get back to to me doing videos so that i can show mike and kevin uh some of the the ins and outs and and how it actually looks in in real life because you know product shots are product shots but real life usage is uh is a totally different type of thing well if mike gets his 3d printer then he can print you a nice case or stand (laughs) for it hey there we go see and if i get my chromebook i'll design it there you know we have now now we're thinking we have complimentary picks here folks we've picked ourselves clean oh that sounds (laughs) oh and now i'm thinking of the klingons again (laughs) no we are not going there so yeah well you know and talk about listening to stuff i've been thinking about mentioning this for a couple weeks i have been uh doing some more podcast listening on my android phone and i wanted to mention a cool podcatcher that i found on android for anybody out there that's using android and wants to to do it Check out Beyond Pod. It's uh, on the Google on the Google Play Store. It's a great little app for Android. There's a free version that lets you download. You know, it, it works kind of like Downcast. It lets you get your audio and video podcast. And I'm using it primarily for video because what it does is it lets me write those video files. Uh, DTNS Daily Tech News Show is one of the main ones that I'm pulling down onto that. And I can put those on the SD card that's in my Android phone, which is great. You know, I can have that playing in the background while I'm working and, you know, just going right along. If they come up with something interesting, I can glance over at it. Um, but it's a really nice little app, and you can get the professional version. I want to say is three ninety nine or four ninety nine in the Google Play Store. It's a great little app, and really the only difference between the professional version and the uh, free version that I have found is that the free version only lets you download a single podcast at a time. So you can't do, you know, have streaming pulling down like three or four or five or six or whatever. That, that's want. probably not bad because then you wouldn't end up with, a, you know, shows that you haven't listened to. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and there's only one show that people really need to listen to, and that's Gookiest Show Ever. Exactly or, right. So that, you know, maybe we should work out a sponsorship deal with the people that wrote the app. So that, you know, they could include our feed directly in it with every download. Yeah, but it's free. They make no money, so how would they pay us? Well, they could pay us when they, when they, on the free, <laughs> on the non-free version, so. Oh, gotcha. Yep. Well, no, you see, what they do is they offer an in-app purchase so that uh, if you paid them, uh, they it will remove our feed from their podcast <laughs> app. <laughs> That's exactly see? it. You guys got to work all the angles. <laughs> oh, that is priceless. Malware at its best. I yeah, love it. That's right. Where yeah. malware? You awesome. want to get rid of those folks? It'll cost you. <laughs> we're going to keep. We're going to keep doing this shit for free as long as it irritates you. So you want you want yeah, us if, to stop? Send in the money. <laughs> yeah, the more you send, the the quieter we'll get. That's right. For every thousand dollars, we'll shorten the show by two minutes. How's that sound? <laughs> hmm. We'll see if any if anybody bites on that. Uh, please send us your email address. Yeah. I have so, I have some oceanfront property in Vegas. I'll sell you. <laughs> I I have some land in Florida. I'll sell you too. Some great yeah. cattle grazing land. 
with plenty of water on it. So, anyway. Alright, folks. I think that's going to bring us to an end this week now that we've sunk down to begging for money on a, on a free show and how we're going to extort money from our listeners. So why don't we start with you, Mr. Greentree, and the, you can tell the listeners where they can find out more about you. Uh, simply go across to subjectivesounds.com and you can see what I'm doing at the moment. It's all about music. Yes, you can go see how subjective Mark really is. <laughs> right? Right? Come on. Give yeah, me yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Punchline. Yes. Boom. Punch, boom. Yep. You blew it with the damn punchline again. I've got to work <laughs> on your comment yeah. timing. So, Mr. Big Peak, how about you? Well, yeah, uh, considering, um, you, you, well, okay, you can find me at uh, on Twitter at DC Chipman, and you can also learn about what I do at, on my about.me page at about.me slash Mike McPeak. But then there's also this other fabulous podcast that, I guess any podcast that I'm part of is just fabulous. But um, Oh, dear God, it's getting <laughs> deep. <laughs> hey, I grew up on the farm. I can sling this stuff. But anyway, if you want to listen to the uh, another fabulous podcast, go over and check out uh, Sci-Fi Tech Talk with uh, Julie Keel and Jeff Sire and I. And we, you know, we talk about different things. And this week... Uh, uh, our recording's gotten a little erratic because, you know, life gets real once in a while. Uh, but this week we actually got a podcast done and out, and we did um, um, XCOM, the video game, which uh, was kind of weird because uh, Jeff pointed us to this YouTube video where they took all the cutscenes from XCOM and put them together into a half-hour movie, and that movie didn't suck as bad as some of the movies we've watched for Sci-Fi Tech Talk. Oh, so, dear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it was surprised the first one, anyway, surprisingly compelling. But if you want to find out more, go over to sci com and check us out. Ah, excellent. And as always, I encourage you to go there. If you want to find out more about me, folks, you can always find my musings comments or my complaints, which it tends to seem like I complain a lot about things, mainly the weather, to much to Mark's... And me. And, yeah, and Mark. I do complain about Mark. Um, you can find me on twitter.com forward slash B-I-G underscore I-N underscore V-A. If you want to find out more uh, other things I might be into, you can go over to about.me forward slash Kevin Alder. If you want to find out more about the show, please go over to geekiestshowever.com. Reviews and comments and iTunes are always welcome and help the show get more listeners. Folks, we want to thank you for listening. We hope you've enjoyed the show this week as much as we've enjoyed doing it. And please remember, if you do nothing else between now and next week, don't forget to hug a geek, as long as it ain't Mark. Elisa Pacelli, Suze Gilbert. Vicky Stokes, women, savvy, geeks, three geeky ladies, technology from a female perspective.